Welcome to the Closer and Closer podcast, a podcast about expanding your creative capacity. Each week, we interview inspiring creatives to help you grow your freelance career. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Closer and Closer podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Andrea Mejia Madriz, and I'm a part of the Artist Marketing and Partnerships team here at Closer and Closer. And as always, I have my awesome co-host here to bring the party, Dave Arcade. I am Dave Arcade, and I am an artist on the Closer and Closer roster, but enough about me, for it is my pleasure to allow Andrea to introduce this week's guest. I know, we're switching things up this week. Um, Our guest today is an illustrator and visual artist who has worked on a wide range of projects as an illustrator, graphic designer, and creative director. Her work is all about compositions, shapes, vibrant textures, and bold colors. Her clients include Facebook, McDonald's, Google, Campari, I hope I said that right, and many others. From London, England, Barbara Malagoli. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. It's so great to have you here. Finally, I feel like we've been planning this for quite a while. I know. It's because I was really, really nervous and scared. <laughs> but you got me, guys. I'm here We're now. We're conquering our fears today. I'm oh, it's going to be easy. The, the real question is, why didn't I read the intro? I know that's what everybody's wondering. I... <laughs> I, I gave it to Andrea this week. I just threw it her way because yeah. we can do that. We can yeah. be spontaneous. I this didn't podcast. like lose my job, okay? Like it wasn't <laughs> taken away from me. He I was could fired. have done it if I wanted to. He was fired. We said, Dave, you're not really doing the best job. I'll just take I, it I keep, I keep blowing the names, you know, so it, it makes sense. You do a great job, Dave. Well, thank um, you. But anyways, back to Barbara. My first question for you, now that you're finally here on the show is um, ever since I found out about Closer and Closer, and this is kind of me tooting your horn for a quick second, but <laughs> you know, when I first found out about Closer and Closer and I was interviewing for the position, I started learning about the artists on our roster, and I've always been drawn to your work specifically. I think one of the big things for me, and please excuse me because I am not an art person by nature, but yeah, one of the big you. things... <laughs> yeah, Dave is the resident art person, not I. Um, but one of the big things that drew me to your work was your depiction of women and the sort of dreamlike quality that your pieces take on. And I just kind of wanted to know, like, when and how did you land upon the style of yours? And was it a difficult journey? Was it easy? Did you just do it naturally? Uh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking about it. And it's really cool. Like, sometimes this kind of question can work like a therapy session for me <laughs> because I don't even know. How that happened. So, okay. Uh, since I was a kid, I always real woman based on my favorite characters from comics, video games, and mm-hmm. cartoons like Shun Li from Street Fighter, Storm from X-Men, and loads and loads of Sailor Moon. And I think that's how I started drawing women in general that inspired me in some way. And mm-hmm. from there, I keep drawing my own female characters with their own background, stories, and superpowers. And over time, these characters kind of have evolved and merged with some of my views of the world, like things I learn and I believe, like the importance of feminism, self-knowledge, self-care, sex education, and subjects that I care. And now I like to express through my art. And nowadays, I just want to create strong women who can inspire other girls around the world, like kind of like a role model. 
Yeah. So I'm always trying to bring diversity and a positive body image on my female characters. I want them to be strong, free, and like badass. I love that. <laughs> and about my dreamy landscapes, <laughs> I think <laughs> it comes from a personal desire that the world could be a more beautiful place. Yeah. I just remember when I was a kid and I had like those crazy ideas to improve the world. Mm -hmm. aka my city in other words <laughs> some of them were like classic music playing on bus stops and oh, wow. or like sense machines like emanating lovely smells during the day or like a street with fluffy carpet all over and I know really not practical but <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like an utopian view of the real world like We can yeah. say that it's almost like a poetic escapism through drawings. So the day may be horrible, it may be raining, the planet is dying, but hey, look how many rainbows and lovely stars are inside this illustration. That's yeah. where I want to be. Just, just take me there. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I love that you kind of, because I would have never thought to like trace it back that far. And I love that this is kind of a mechanism for you to hold on to those like childlike thoughts and ideas that you had of just making the world a better place and like, okay, maybe it's not practical to do it in the real world, but like you can do it in your illustration. Yeah, why not? I just love it. bring me some rainbows. Yeah. And also, yeah, I think that's a huge reason why I was drawn to your work is just because I'm the same way. Like I'm super into feminism and just women, powerful women, strong women. So I love, I would love to see the evolution of like going from drawing those cartoon <laughs> characters to where you are now. Like, I'm sure that would be so interesting and fascinating to see. But yeah, it's awesome. Is there, is there anybody who, like who's currently like into weak women? Just like, <laughs> where's, where's the crowd who's like, I want to depict weak women. <laughs> That's so true. That's true. <laughs> We don't really I have know. a counterpart. No. no yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's such thing as, as that. To be quite honest, a weak woman. <laughs> no, we are just super powerful. You, you guys, you guys are. So it's it's a little redundant. I'd say just keep drawing women. Yeah. Right. I love it. I just solved it for you guys. I just thank figured you. everything out. Oh, thank you. Oh. Thank you. Yeah, Classic well, Dave. I, I married like the strongest woman um, of all time, and so I, I'm just like, well, all women are like that. But I'm I'm around her. Um, all the time. She was yelling at my son yesterday to go to bed on time because he's starting to go to bed at 3 a.m. because he stays up drawing. And she was like, she's like, I know you think you're like an artist or something, but you need to go to bed on time. What time are you going to go to bed? And he's like, 11. She's like, when? 11. I can't hear it. Like, it was like a drill sergeant. I was laughing. I, I told her to handle it. I was like, can you handle this one? Because I knew she would uh, hit a home run. But yeah, she's weak though. Um <laughs> Rachel no, does uh, not let you forget that women are powerful. She, well, yeah, she just does it. She, she just wields the power. Like, I don't even need to bring it up. It's like asking the son if he's going to be hot today. It's like, I know the answer. Um, uh, you, you said so many things I liked, by the way, like carpet on the streets or like machines, like blowing good fresh air into places that don't have fresh air. It's like Disney um, World. Exactly. Well, I, <laughs> I, I can just tell I love your imagination, like I, from your work, uh, especially, but I love it when um, artists share like, oh, no, like this is kind of, I actually think like a, a weirdo, like throughout the whole day and think of all these <laughs> cool things because um, we all do it. But I, I think we forget, 
we're so used to being in that mode that we kind of forget to share that stuff. And I just, I loved what you were saying. Um, I kind of want to piggyback off like the dreamscapes and um, your, <laughs> it's going to say your depiction of weak women, but that's, that's not, that's <sighs> me being a big brother and like, you know, punching you in the arm. I won't do that. Um, <laughs> I distracted myself. Uh, so something that's really cool about your work, and I hope that you get credit for this, is that you have this like surrealist kind of aesthetic. But it's neat because, um, you know, like Dolly will render the hell out of everything, you know, on the canvas, right? But you've you've like reduced it down to like this graphic design surrealism that I, I don't know if I've seen it quite done like uh, your work before. It's really great. Where does that come from? Like, I know we talked about dreamscapes, but do you have like, uh, like Magritte or Dolly? Like, were those artists influential? Yeah, like, as I said earlier, I have loads of uh, surrealist influences, but I was thinking about it as well. As much as I love the artists from that artistic movement, I think it has more to do with the meaning behind it mm. than the art itself. Because what I try to put in my drawings is the way of escaping what is real and rational. It's just like a celebration of a perfect world. And I have this feeling, and I might be wrong, but I guess most artists start to draw to escape the world. <laughs> maybe mm -hmm. because it's boring, maybe because it's like not good enough. So I think about my drawing is more about building this utopian magic place where I can go and I don't have to worry about rent and taxes <laughs> <laughs> and all the shit is going to the world. So I guess it's more like a symbolic way to preserve my mind and my, and my mental health then mm -hmm. I don't think about like that as a movement, a realist movement. It's more like a dreamy escape world for myself. Yeah, like you're doing it for real. You're like, I guess, <laughs> it, like what comes out, comes out. It's authentic. That's really cool. Um, uh, what's his face? Mustache guy. Dolly, did you know that he used to, I haven't tried this yet, but I want to, but it, the first time I do it, I'm going to feel weird. He would uh, take naps with a spoon in his hand and put like a bowl beneath his hand, holding the spoon. And right when he fell asleep, he would drop the spoon, wake himself up and then paint. Oh, good technique. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You need to try um, it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should uh, try. Wait, you're, Andre, you're going to try it and you're going to paint something? No, I yeah. said you should try it and let me know how it goes. I'll probably have a heart attack and die. <laughs> it's like, what was that? Yeah. There was an earthquake over here in the middle of the night a couple of days ago. And I literally, I woke up and I laid there and I was like, oh, there's an earthquake. And then I just didn't move. And I, <laughs> like out of concerning. fear? Like, were you frozen? Just like, no, I think I was just still half asleep. And I was like, well, this is happening. <laughs> that, At least you're going to like die sleeping that's a beautiful way to die my dog wasn't panicking so I, I i thought it wasn't my turn to panic when people find out they're sociopaths like, I, an earthquake. I didn't even care i just laid there i think it's it's part of being in california and like living here you just get used to it and decide you know it's okay i lived there for eight years it's uh i still would probably like <laughs> almost pee my pants every time there was an earthquake i was like this is it it's over the sky's red there's a thousand draculas falling from the clouds <laughs> well thank you for making me feel like a freak then dave for feeling well that it's way. all right it's all right you're a Anyways, strong woman thank you yes that that is that was the point of that conversation um but anyways barbara 
we've had a bunch of conversations since I started here. Um, and we've discussed some of like the pros and cons of settling into a very specific niche because I know I just went on like a whole diatribe about how I love the women in your work and like the feminist ideas behind it. Um, but obviously like that's a pretty specific niche to be in. So could you just share some of your thoughts on like the struggle between having a niche and feeling pigeonholed or like stuck? Sure. Yeah. It's, it's really tricky actually, because, okay, I always draw a woman. So I find myself always being part of projects with similar briefings, Mm -hmm. which on one hand, I think it's incredible because it just comes out naturally. I have loads of interest in feminism, woman empowerment, subjects uh, related to women in general. So cool. Just going with the flow. But at some times, and I don't know if it's like paranoia or I don't know, like a fear of being yeah. labeled as an artist who just does the, like the same thing or can get out of that zone. So... Okay, I've been thinking about that and actually I'm very happy for this kind of work and being recognized of this kind of work. But I think sometimes it's good to try something new. Like some of my new work are based on astrology and mysticism. Mm -hmm. So now I can draw naked woman and planet at the same time. (laughs) Look at that. Really cool. Beautiful. Real <laughs> convergence. So, <laughs> There's naked women in your work? Yeah, sure. I'm just looking at your work again. <laughs> not naked. It's, it's like figurative. <laughs> it's very tasteful. <laughs> exactly. So I think it's incredible when your personal interests come together and just goes into your, your art. Like your personality just is like a transported to your drawing. Mm-hmm. And... When you think about it, there's like loads of artists that like I really admire that like practically do the same thing. So yeah. in the end, I think <laughs> it's like a big fat imposter syndrome and the totally. fact that artists demand so much of themselves. Sometimes we can be so dramatic and self-centered, <laughs> you know, just like what I'm doing, who am I? And then totally. it's, just, it's good to be recognized about something that you truly care and like. If that passion is real, just keep doing it. And if you end up having more interest and more passions, just add to the mix. Just grow yeah. and expand and like your real world like experiences, they're going to be in your work as well. So in the end, like I understand and I am this kind of person that sometimes like get worried about that. But mm-hmm. in the end is. Just you just have like to grow your art organically. Just don't pay that much attention to that. So just yeah. keep doing it, and it's okay. No, I love that. I love that <laughs> because I think the first, and it's just so funny hearing you talk about it because I think the first time that we ever had a conversation like that was what it was about. You were like, oh, like I don't know, it's like I'm only drawing women, and like I want to draw something different, and like I, you, you kind of said this, but you kind of said it in passing, so I don't know if people caught it, but like. Your response to that was like, okay, then I just started drawing planets and like now I do that too. Like it's it really is that easy. And I it's so easy to get in your head about it and be like, oh, you know, I, I only draw women. People only know me for drawing women. Like I can only keep drawing women. But like, you know, you just said, no, I just in, involved some of my other interests and now I do that too. So it's yeah. re- it really is that easy. I'm just like starting to draw something new. Yeah, I'm noticing... Um these fantastic desserts also that, that you oh. depict. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of the Jello Mountains. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. You uh, that that's that's true. You you can just start adding things to your arsenal as an artist, and and I think uh, I, I I don't know artists that are afraid of doing that, but I definitely see artists that are like, well, you could you could add other things, and I wonder if there is. Uh, almost leaning into what you're talking about, like knowing their pigeonholed and then like fearing losing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I don't think that happens. Like you're, you're a great example of, of having a style. You could add anything to your style and it would still be your style because of the aesthetic and the way that you handle form and, um, your lighting and your shadows, your noisy shadows, they're spectacular, you know, like, you could start drawing power saws and it would still be like, oh yeah, the feminist lady. Um, no, it's great. Um, putting a, like a girl power sticker on it and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's cool. Uh, I, I, I think it's my turn to ask a question and I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I'm mixed up in tabs. There we go. <laughs> um, oh, this is something that I'm always interested in when uh, there's an artist on the roster who had like a former life as a creative director. And mm -hmm. I kind of want to talk to you about that. <clears throat> Scratchy boys drinking last night, doing all kinds <laughs> of cocaine with the boys. No, um, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> yeah, you gotta I told you I didn't get much sleep. And so I say stupid things. And people are going to be like, what the hell, Dave? My kids are going to be like, you take cocaine, dad. <laughs> um, but yeah, you were a CD. Uh, were you uh, at uh, like the advertising level or like uh, design agency boutique level? Uh both. <laughs> I've both? been okay. to like some like agencies, studios, magazines, publishers. I've been been around. You're a smarty pants. <laughs> D uh, did you did you like that role? Yeah. So like I studied graphic design mm. because at the time we didn't have any like illustration course, and even though I knew I wanted to do illustration, but like I just did graphic design. And I started as an intern designer in a fashion magazine. Okay. And, and I, was, I was still drawing at the time, but like that was my main uh, job. So years passed and my career kind of like grew organically. It was just one step after another until I saw myself as a creative director in situations that I had to like participate in photo shoots and edit the photos and create letterings for the project and it was too much yep. to be honest it was it was too much uh i think i had a, like a lot of good experiences and i met like loads of amazing people that enriched me creatively they helped me when i started like being a freelancer but the most important experience that i had it was that after that i was sure that I wanted to be a freelancer. Yeah. Because I just work better alone, in mm -hmm. peace. I really <laughs> yep. enjoy having my space, just me, my laptop, and some tea. So it was great. It was amazing. And now I think I can do it. Now, you know, like when you know that you can do something, you're like, yeah, a magazine, sure, I can do that. So, yeah, it was great. But it was great to know that that's, not what I really want to do anymore as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hear you on that. Um, 
especially the working alone part. I fight with people. Um, I don't think this is a problem for a lot of people who like to work alone, but I'll, I will definitely, like if we work together long enough, I will get in a fight with you. <laughs> like fight. an argument, not like a fist fight, but oh. something something where I'll end up, apolo- I, I'm always the one apologizing. Like or I'll send like a late email at like 11 at night, like I'm so sorry for yelling at you in front of everybody, <laughs> telling you that your ideas are stupid. Um, yeah. Uh, do you feel like that, that experience like, um, brings a level of, uh, kind of expertise, I guess, to your, uh, conversations with clients, just having kind of a, an inside track into what, you know, they're looking for? Yes. I guess now I can have like a better relationship with them because I was in that part of the other part of the screen, the other part of like the chair. So mm-hmm. like I always have like really, really good relationships with editors and designers because I know what they need and I know yeah. how they need. It. And I know if I can't do it, I would just like just recommend someone right away and just like, I don't want to mess with you guy because <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> yeah. I know it's hard. So yeah, it was, it's, it's really useful for me. And I yeah. guess it's good to work with me as well, I hope. <laughs> all, that, all that pain paid off somehow. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm going to pivot a little bit from that. Um, but you live in London now. I know I mentioned that at the beginning in the intro. Mm-hmm. But you're originally from Brazil. And I imagine that that was a difficult transition to make. And I know we've talked a little bit about you know, that transition and how it was for you. But what are some of the reasons for your move to London? And how do you think that this difference in background sets you apart from other like British illustrators or, you know, just sets your perspective apart from your peers. So my moving to London was totally random and <laughs> unplanned. And when I tell the story, even for myself, I quite don't believe it. So I'm just going to be really short about it. I came to London in 2018 to give a talk at a really cool comic event here called El Caf. And my sister was living here for a while and she just had moved for, to an apartment with an extra room. Mm. So one thing led to another and it was to be like a vacation, three-month vacation <laughs> that became a three years living here. Wow. And <laughs> here I am. Crazy. And one of the reasons that made me want to stay was, um, God... Why I'm here? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, just I guess like going to the comic event and seeing so many talented people in the same place just made me want to explore like a new world, new possibilities, and meet new people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not to mention the museums and parks. <laughs> and oh yeah, the fact that was summer when I came. <laughs> That that'll do it. That was really hard to accept. That was not gonna be that like the whole year. I'm really disappointed, actually. Yeah, they tricked you. I want my money back, please. They catfished you. (laughs) They They said did. And I think as a foreigner, my worldview and reference are like wider. Some Mm -hmm. aspect. I guess everyone that decides to move. To another country like their brain just expands <laughs> so much it's crazy like you have to learn everything from zero yeah and there's like this is scary part like in the beginning 
it's really really hard but also i'm really gonna say that there's the magic part that everything is so different and new and you have this fascinating view like on yeah. the ordinary day-to-day -day things like even today i still like look at some shops like some logos like some different mm -hmm. things that even for people here just like whatever i'm just like well i remember like i used to be obsessed with like chicken chops logos <laughs> here <laughs> it was so cool and people like okay yeah and like, huh? i think this is like really precious and like keep me inspired so yeah. it's really really cool to have this kind of view duality <laughs> yeah, yeah no i totally get that i this is a little bit different but i moved from maryland to los angeles yeah, uh, same thing like five years ago <laughs> it's very different but even just like that like even moving within the same country within the u.s i remember my first year here my friend was my friend had a car and i didn't so she would drive me basically everywhere and we went on a trip to palm springs or something like that and we were driving and i just remember being like oh my god it looks like we're on the moon because it was like the <laughs> desert and i had never seen that before like i because i come from maryland where there's like trees and stuff oh wow And I was like, oh, my God, it looks like we're on the moon. This is the coolest thing. And I, like, pulled out my phone and I was, like, taking pictures out of the car window. And she was like, what are you doing? Like, it's really not that cool. It's just, like, barren and, like, kind of gross. But I thought it was the coolest thing. And I think, yeah, that perspective is a really fun thing to have of being, like, oh, my God, like, this is completely new. And to everybody else, it's so mundane that they don't even notice it. But to me, it was like, I'm on another planet. This is the coolest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. The desert. Yeah, if you've yeah. ever seen the desert and you're an adult, that would be like, that's a lot of space to take in. Just it was for the first time. Yeah. On the flip side of that, my boyfriend went to Maryland for the first time, like a couple of months ago. And he was like it was tree. in the winter. No, he literally was like, it looks like we're in a horror movie. Like, I'm scared because there were so many like trees and it was winter. So they were all dead. And he was like, it looks scary. Like, I feel spooky. And I was just like, that's so mean. That's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, the houses are, are old, older. Yeah everything's too, right? older there too so he was just yeah. like wow it looks so scary i was like stop saying that don't that's not nice and there's a lot of guns and knives on the ground in maryland <laughs> <laughs> yeah and there's people in the what is it called jason masks walking around everywhere jason, who, what, what do you mean by that jason is he the masks? one that wears the masks jason oh like for because of covid no because it's a scary <laughs> movie stop i can't what? tell if you're messing with me or not I, I can't tell what the hell you're talking about. The no, hockey yeah, mask. Yeah, Jason Voorhees. I'm okay. messing with you. Thank you. Like, <laughs> I was like, that's really embarrassing if I just messed up that reference. He was way ahead of the curve, huh? Yeah. With the mask. Yeah, he really was. He knew it was coming. Yeah. That's probably um, why he was so pissed off. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, you don't want to keep that, talking about Jason? Is that no. I want to go back to Brazil because I've never been. And I'm interested to see... As well, Barbara, how you think that your Brazilian upbringing has affected and informed your work? Like, what what are pieces of that that you see now in your work? Uh, yeah, like in Brazil, to start, it's like it's way harder to become a freelance illustrator. Like, mm -hmm. there are just few who manage to work just a freelancer without a side job. Mm -hmm. And they're like, there's no university focus on illustrations, like no specific art fairs yeah, anymore. That was really like, interesting when you mentioned it earlier that they didn't have like an illustration focus at university. I, no. I can imagine yeah. that would be really weird. 
Yeah, like my time, like 10 years ago. <laughs> I, I think like now is like a little bit better, but like uh-huh. 10, I, I'll say 10, 6, I don't know. Some time ago it, it wasn't. So sometimes I just compare the reality of some young creatives here that just get out of uni and start working in a nice studio with their friends <laughs> and with amazing commissions. And that's really, really cool. But it was so far away from my reality. So mm-hmm. everything I learned, I learned while I was working and I used mm-hmm. to work a lot. But there's like a really, really good part of this. Like I always maintain and created really deep connections of groups of people that supported each other because we were forced to create that space, that like mm-hmm. that niche for designs, art, animation, and illustration because it, it didn't exist. So that gave me like a great desire to expand my experiences and meet new people, make more collective projects. Like I yeah. always like looking for the next thing to do, like always looking around like, oh, we should do like a group exhibition here. Like it was like a garage, you know, yeah. <laughs> like because we didn't have like this specific niche. Yeah. I was like kind of the generation, part of the generation that had to create it. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really cool. Like I have friends that are like really deep connections from that that time. Totally. And like all the adversities of being creative there gave me extra straight. When I moved here, I guess like to always want more. Go yeah. after my dreams, like go do it and I feel that like I have this vitality inside me that only like my personal experience have provided me and made me like who I am today yeah. so I'm really grateful for all the struggle because <laughs> yeah, yeah because it just it was made worth me like it. it was totally worth it I, I, I did so many like nice projects even fairs we created fairs yeah. you know like from scratch like you 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 let's do that because there yeah. wasn't so it was really powerful, I guess. And like I made so many good friends and I'm really proud of this struggle, I guess. It just made me really powerful in some way. Just like I'm, yeah. I don't want like to wait for people to create a space. You, you have to do it. You have to create it. Totally. So I guess that influenced like how I am and how I don't know about my work, like how it <laughs> looks on the screen, you know, it's just more about the background, about my totally work, like how I deal with the art world in general. <laughs> no, I love that. I think that's lovely. And I think that's something that people, you know, when you do get into these systems of like, you know, you go to university and you get the job and you do the internship and you do everything by the book, you can forget that like those opportunities don't, you don't have to find the opportunity. You can just create it yourself and like that there's something so powerful about that that I think a lot of people forget. I definitely do. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, well, and then yeah. Here's your reminder. Here's your yeah. cold wake up call. <laughs> Boom. That's it. It's like cold yeah. water to the face, baby. Go out there and this create. is all aiming toward you making art somehow. You're like, oh, I'm gonna try the thing where I fall asleep with spoons. A week from now, you'll be like, Dave, I'm eating cereal in my sleep. What was it again? Be like, you're that just is not a sp- horrible idea. Yeah, I'm like sleepwalking to get cereal. I'm like, I think I'm doing this wrong. Mm-hmm. Barbara, what's your favorite cereal? Oh, it's hard. It's hard to to say that here. <laughs> because here, like, it's like other names. I don't know the names Yeah, here. I was going to say. Co- Cocoa Puffs? Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, well, we, cool. yeah Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. are delicious. Here we go. I love them. Love them. Yeah. 
Because I used to have like American ones mm. in Brazil, and now there's like this British. It's like a whole new world. It's a whole new yeah. world. New names. I have strange <laughs> names for everything here. Yeah, <laughs> it, that is like I, I I have not made a dramatic jump like you have from Brazil to New York, but I went from here to Canada, and they have Smarties. We have Smarties, but <laughs> our sm- yeah our Smarties are like you know little chalk pucks, mini chalk pucks, and they're terrible. Their Smarties no. are like the best M and M's you've ever eaten. Oh God. So it's like the name matters. It's like you want some Smarties. Like hell no, I don't want Smarties. You're offering me Smarties. Like no, try them. You're like oh okay, oh different country, different name. (laughs) Hey, stop the Smarties slander. I love American Smarties. What? Yeah. But I have. I think I have this like weird thing in my brain where I love eating things that look like they shouldn't be eaten. Like cheese puffs are like my favorite because they're like the styrofoam packing peanuts or like Smarties taste like chalk and I love that. Like I think that's so exciting. You also like um, candy corn? Yes, I do. I love candy corn. <laughs> uh, try this. Candy corn and peanuts. Oh. It's amazing. Very weird. You candy heard it here first, people. To- yeah. We're getting off on a tangent. I I'm literally writing keep- this down right now. This is yeah, important you'll, you'll stuff, Dave. It. Well, it's, it's Anyways. good stuff, yeah. Sorry. Before we keep <laughs> talking about candy for another hour, um, this is something that I just kind of wanted to ask you about because... I, I don't know if anybody knows this, but I love astrology. I think it's so fun. And stop it, Dave. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know it's, this about you. I just I know, keep going. It's weird. I'm not like that in like I'm not that knowledgeable about it, but I just think it's fun, so I enjoy it. But at the end of 2020, you released a series of prints about the different astrology signs with like a poem about each sign on them as well. First of all, I want one really bad. But second of all, have you like always been interested in astrology and poetry or like how did this project come about and how did you like how did you end up making it? Because I thought it was a really interesting project and really fun. And I don't know if that's something that like you're super interested in or if it's something that, you know, just kind of came to you as an opportunity and you jumped on. Uh, this project is like really special to me because I always liked, but like in a fun way, I think it's like the same as you, like I was never like an expert, but I, I love yeah. like, the symbols like, oh, cancer, Gemini. I love yeah. everything. I don't have like good knowledge. I'm sorry, <laughs> guys. I don't know. But I just love like the, the symbols of this, mm-hmm. this world. And just like this whole project happened when I was in my uh, my first, it's like birth chart reading that you said. Like, you know, yes, when you birth go to chart like, reading. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. I was in the, some of like, best astrologist in brazil and now my personal friend uh bruna paludo and okay i was there i was just going for the vibes i just wanted to know my future you know all the things <laughs> but like she was so cool and we became friends like automatically and awesome. i felt something really special about how she she saw that word of astrology that it was not just me like oh that's fun <laughs> she saw it in such like a deep like in poetic way yeah and that inspired me so much so i wanted to bring some of her passion and knowledge <laughs> to, <laughs> to something that i really like it so she created the poetry and in portuguese and english and i did illustrations based on it so it was like the perfect briefing because yeah. i never really liked to draw like things that was like too literal or too obvious so have to interpret like poetry 
is really mm-hmm. fun because you can do whatever you want. <laughs> it's never wrong. It's poetry. Yeah. And it's really cool to collab with someone that doesn't draw as well. So it's, they're never going to say it's not good. <laughs> and, but I'm so happy that I decided to go with that idea. It was just like out of nowhere. I made it like really fast. Like, uh, because after that project, uh, I made an exhibition in Berlin with those mm-hmm. posters and some of the illustrations were featured in the Taschen official astrology book. Oh, and now awesome. I'm working in another astrology book for a really good, uh, cool publisher here. So, you know, when, when like this kind of thing just fits, yeah. I was not like an astrology geek or anything. It was just like me liking a little bit of the subject and like mm-hmm. meeting someone that like really love it. And we're like, let's do this. And yeah. we did it and it was awesome. So I guess my tip is like doing personal projects with passion, like mm-hmm. not wanting something in return. Just like yeah. sometimes yeah. can be more important than a big brand commission. Mm-hmm. And sure. I know that like nowadays with so much demand for results and lack of inspiration <laughs> and constant fear for the end of the world <laughs> because we are in a global <laughs> pandemic it's really hard to focus to do something that has no financial result you know mm-hmm. like it's really hard to focus on oh it's just because they like it <laughs> no you have to make money you have to post on instagram <laughs> so but um i strongly advise if your mental health allows you obviously Just, like, try to take time to make small projects. Because, like, just projects that, like, just warms your heart and you want to see in the world, not, like, projects that you think, like, oh, if I do that, that's really trendy. And because of that, I know astrology is trending now, but I I just did that, like, two years ago. It was not that. Mm -hmm. It was, but it was not that. It was not, like, Well, it's trending because of you. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) For acknowledging that. And um, so I just, just, like, just do things that you really like and just have a, a true passion about it. Not just, don't think about like the numbers. Don't think about like what you're going to have in return because this kind of project sometimes has returns, you know, mm-hmm. and yep. but you don't even expect that. So it's really cool. Yeah. I, I couldn't give better advice to artists out there. If you're not like doing something um, in your personal time, just like full board towards something that you love that you think is cool. Um, then you're missing out. Like it's not even, I, w- I don't know what, like a better way to put it. Like you're just missing out on being an artist. <laughs> like that's the fun stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I also understand that, uh, where, where you're coming from with astrology, same place I'm coming from. It's just like, Oh, this stuff's cool. Andrea is the other end where she is way into it and like reads <laughs> like four times a day. And it's like, Hey, I can, if I, I'm going to do what it says and then I, then I'm going to go outside <laughs> like it says, cause you know, the Phoenix is rising no, ins- inside of. No, that is not of, true. I y- think I just like anything that like tells you about yourself. Like it, it's yeah. such like a selfish thing is I just love things that like classify me and tell me like, Oh, you're like this. And I'm like, I am like that fun. It's yeah, perfect. How, how does it know? It always knows. It just always knows. I don't it know. It always knows. And you like, you don't have anything bad about yourself. It's just your sign. Yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, you're being a bitch. No, sorry. I'm a Gemini. <laughs> Not my exactly. fault. Okay. 
Mine I'm a Scorpio and everybody hates Scorpios and <laughs> oh, I, it's so fun. I can just blame all of my negative traits on being a Scorpio and I'm like, I'm That's sorry. It? I'm sorry. Well, now we have to share our signs. Barbara, yeah, come what on. Sign are, what, I'm what? a Gemini. Uh-huh. I'm a bitch. Love that. <laughs> oh, is that, is that one of the... <clears throat> okay. Gemini I, I and Scorpio are probably people's like two least favorites. <laughs> yeah. W- yes. What about mine? I think What's mine's yours? the least favorite. What is that? I, I, Taurus. Taurus? No. Oh, no, people like Taurus. Taurus. Yeah. People like you. No worries. Just stubborn, but... Yeah. Stubborn. Yeah. yeah. They're pretty nice. Yeah. We're supposed we're, to get along really well. Interesting. Uh, I, I like Scorpios. I, mm. they're, yeah. Like anyone that. that I've ever met that's a Scorpio, um, they're always my favorite person ever. Thank you, Dave. See? I appreciate that. That's why astrology exists. So you can yeah. just like judge people, hate them. Exactly. So I can be like, or oh, like good. Them. No, I, I do actually like Dave. I was right. Not your fault. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, I won't decide if I like somebody or not until I know their sign. Exactly. Exactly. That's the only way to do it. <laughs> yep. No, yeah. I don't know. I think it's so, going back to what you were talking about before, I think that people really forget that like value doesn't just have to be monetary and like just because you you aren't getting a very clear result or like outcome from what you're doing doesn't mean that it doesn't have value. And like, I am so, I don't know, I'm very much like just lazy and I like in my free time, I just like to watch TV and like watch documentaries and I'm not somebody that's like always searching for my next passion. But I think that that's like, you know, it's good to just recognize that there's value in the little things and like there's value in everything that you do as long as it makes you happy. So, you know, go out and create those personal projects, even if you have no idea what you're going to do with them. It's valuable to you because it's making you happy. And I I think as well, like, don't force yourself as well to Mm -hmm. have to do personal projects. I'm just saying that because sometimes that could be like a thing as well. Like, oh, what you're doing, sleeping? Where's your personal project? So (laughs) it just has to come like naturally. It it happens. Sometimes you just want to do it. So just like, just keep uh, aware of these moments that you want to do something. Don't don't force yourself too much. And like, okay, we're we're in a fucking global pandemic. Don't force (laughs) yourself to do anything that you don't want to do. So it's just, it's really good to be like in between this, Mm -hmm. you know, just keep being aware, but like not forcing yourself too much as well. And a great song, In Between Days. (laughs) <laughs> thanks dave do you guys know do that do you know what song i'm talking about i knew you no. wouldn't a little band called the cure oh i'm so Aww. sorry dave why are you apologizing you- i'm sorry for you for not <laughs> knowing the song in between days when this podcast is over listen to it it'll make your day this much better if you're having yeah. a day that's this good it will be this good i was about to say listeners your homework for this week from dave arcade is to go listen to that song by the cure that dave <laughs> recommended well, what's what's the song called andre in between something, between something. In between days. Gosh, damn cool. it! I was really close. <laughs> I can just, you know what? The internet makes it so easy. I can just search. I'm really busting your chops up. today. You're you're taking it well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, before he continues to bust my chops, Barbara, where can people find you? Uh oh yeah, I forgot that part. But yeah, uh, <laughs> my Instagram is is at. At is how you say the, the thing, mm-hmm. right? At yep. B Malagoli. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you're probably going to see somewhere. <laughs> It'll the be link in the title. Or somewhere. It'll be on the title. Perfect. <laughs> and my website. People still use this website. Totally. Yeah, Give it okay. to them. Okay, barbaramalagoli.com. <laughs> that was beautiful. Love it. That's it. Well, thank you so much, Barbara. <laughs> 
Yeah, Thank you are you a delightful person, Barbara. I'm just gonna oh, say I don't tell all our guests that, but you on are on the record. Yeah, you are a delight, and if I die, you should take this job. Okay, I will. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to die, but you'd be really fantastic. When, at the, when do you think? Me. When do you think that's gonna happen? <laughs> Based um, on your I, health. I uh, <laughs> based on my health, it could be today. Perfect. I'll, yeah. I'll just do some tickets. Clear tickets. your schedule. Yeah, maybe send me some poison. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, this was fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Closer and Closer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to receive the latest episodes. You don't want to miss some of the incredible conversations that we have coming up. They'll be full of powerful insight to help you reach your full creative potential. To find out more about us, visit www.closerandcloser.co.